0: And those relaxing vacation vibes can keep going at the airport in the Centurion Lounge. Just a splash. Before you board the plane back to reality. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your travel experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Whether it's routine maintenance, an emergency repair, or a dream project, Angie lets you browse homeowner reviews, compare quotes from multiple local pros, and even book a service instantly. So the next time you have a home project, just Angie that and start getting the most out of your home. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot
1: Welcome to the Nerds Podcast number 919. This episode brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace makes it easy to turn your mental commodities, your mental jewelry. That was an album. Was that the band Live? Mental Jewelry? Uh, Anyway, turn it into a new and unique website. Showcase your work, blog, publish your content, whatever it is. Sell products or services. Just a few clicks. Customize everything. Make it look exactly how you want. These templates are created by world-class designers. And there's nothing to install, patch, or upgrade ever. So it's just... You said it, and you forget it. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. When you're ready to launch, use the offer code NERDIS to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. Um, I'm going to be performing in Portland at Helium December 789 with my buddy Mike Furman. We will be up there, uh, so go to Helium's website in Portland, Oregon, and come see us. And then I'll come eat donuts in Portland, and then you as a local can tell me that I still did not go to the best donut place because I'm dumb and I'm uh, I am not local um, but I will I will take the donut challenge nonetheless all right I'm doing it I'm gonna I, you know blue star I gotta go blue star uh, I like voodoo just a different experience I like them both but I'm sure there's one that I don't know about yet so by all means let me know. Uh, Also from the Nerdist community Court board, Steph and Sarah Wright were huge Star Wars fans. We've been buying out a theater for a screening of each of the new Star Wars movies that come out this year when in line. We met a lovely couple who were also buying out a theater, but they weren't just having a fun screening with friends. They were doing it as a celebration of the life of their daughter, Zoe. Zoe passed away earlier this year after being cared for at the hospital for sick children in Toronto. Zoe's dad loves Star Wars, and everyone on staff made sure Zoe had a lot of great Star Wars things to make her hospital stay fun. So our parents wanted to say thank you to all the people who helped make Zoe's life wonderful by taking them to a screening of The Last Jedi. We were really moved by the story and how upbeat and positive these parents were in the face of something so awful. Thus, we decided we wanted to do something for these amazing people and fellow Star Wars fans. We've decided to have our own fundraiser for the Labatt Family Heart Center in honor of Zoe. So if anyone's able to help out, any amount is much appreciated. We'll be running it until December 14th when we're planning to show up at the screening the parents bought and surprise them with the total. Please visit... Uh, Tinyurl.com slash Zoe Star Wars. That's Z O E Star Wars to find out more info or donate. That is lovely. That is a lovely thing to do um, for these people who are doing the best they can in the face of the terrible, terrible tragedy, especially around the holidays. Well done, Steph and Sarah. Nick C was very tired of there not being a good database that listed all the comic book uh, first appearances and key issues, so he created one. Key Collector Comics is the world's first mobile app dedicated to quickly identifying key issue comics from the Golden Age to today. First appearances, iconic iconic cover art, origins, deaths, artists, and writer debuts, classic story arcs, many more instances that make a comic a key, uh, comprise the database of over 7,000 issues. It also offers a simplified price guide and approachable condition, condition assessment to embrace new collectors uh, and offer relief to seasoned veterans. Comic fans can search by Tyler character and in inventory the keys they own to see if the value of their investment as it fluctuates based on market conditions and to make things even better, it's free. No ads, no freemiums, just key issue comics without the clutter. Oh my God, Nick, you have changed the game, my friend. Developed by a collector for collectors. Visit keycollectorcomics.com to download this app for Apple or Android. Uh, we we uh, sign up for, we buy a lot of stuff in, in entertainment memorabilia auctions. And there's uh, there's one auction coming up. Oh man, I don't know if it's profiles in history, but there's a whole Superman themed comic auction. I hope Superman themed auction. So stuff from all the different Superman movies and comics and stuff. They got an Action Comics number one. They're hoping to get eight hundred thousand to one point two million dollars for it. I think they'll get it. You know the, the there was a there was an original R two Droid that went for like two point four million or something crazy like that in the in the last uh, big. Uh, profiles and history auction. So who knows, you know, it is a collector's paradise. Actually, it's a seller's paradise right now cuz the internet, you know, it, it's it's really a bidder's hell cuz you're bidding against the entire world. Uh I just bought a couple things today. What did I get? Well, I'll tell you. I got a Japanese Citizen Kane poster <laughs> cuz, you know. And then also uh I bought an Oswald Cobblepot for Mayor poster that was uh Made for um, the second Batman film. So there you go. That's that's uh, all exciting stuff, to Probably no one but me. This episode is Brian Regan, who is uh, one of the greatest stand-up comics in the history of stand-up comedy. And also a hell of a nice guy. I adore him. And I am a fan of his for life. Uh, he's promoting his new Netflix comedy special, Nunchucks and Flamethrowers, which is... Uh, it's, it's, it's out now. November 21st was the drop date. You can see it now on Netflix. So thanks to Brian Regan for coming back on. This episode also brought to you by Casper Mattresses with three mattress models. The original Casper, the Wave, and the essential Casper mattresses are perfectly designed to soothe and cradle your natural geometry, a.k.a. your head and your butt and your legs. Not to mention the breathable design helps you sleep cool and regulates your body temperature throughout the night, and they're going to send it to you in a small, tiny box. How do they do that? You will say, but it doesn't matter. Cause when you get it open, you're going to realize shipping was free, uh, uh, returns in the U S and Canada, but you can be sure that the purchase is right. A hundred nights risk-free sleep on it trial. You know, you're going to spend a third of your life on this damn thing. So you should absolutely be comfortable. Uh, you know, I got my mom, one of these and she's, she's very picky, sweet lady, very picky. And uh, adores her Casper mattress. So get one for yourself. Get one for someone that you care about. Uh, Start sleeping ahead of the curve with Casper. Get 50 bucks towards any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash Nerdist. And use Nerdist at checkout. That is casper.com slash Nerdist. Enter the off code Nerdist for 50 bucks at purchase. Terms and conditions apply. And now it is time for the Nerdist Podcast number 919 with Brian Regan. Katie, roll it.
0: Now entering Nerdist.com.
1: Good. Thank you uh, for having. Me. I'm so glad to have you back on the podcast. I was delighted yes. to hear that you were going to come back oh, on the podcast. I appreciate that. That's very nice. What are you? Uh, what, what? What? Part of the touring process are you at right now? I don't even know how to. <laughs> I don't even know because that just I, never ends. Correct. Do you ever take any time off, or do you legitimately? Is it just year round, nonstop, 40, 45 weeks a year, nonstop? What would happen?
0: I took three months off when my first son, my first, I only have one son, my first child was born.
1: <laughs> when your first and last child was born? Yeah.
0: I have a daughter. <laughs> oh, you have a daughter too? When your yes. first and last son was born. Yes, I took three months off. Yep. Yeah. And uh, just to, you know, do the daddy thing. And my first time in a comedy club after that three months, I walked in and I saw this room full of people. And I saw the stage, and my heart just started pounding. Really? And I started going, who in the hell do I think I am? (laughs) You know, I thought, who do I think I am? I'm going to get up there and entertain these people. Why did I ever have the audacity to think I could do that? But when you do it night after night, you don't think about
1: it. You know what I mean? Right. Um, So it was very weird. That is really strange. It's funny. It's very, first of all, it's very comforting to hear that because, uh, uh, after my last special, I my work life got so busy that I just wasn't able to tour for a long time, and I only recently just started again. And I was super nervous before. I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't have anything to say. I don't remember how to do this. These right. people are going to be angry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, I'm going to be on stage going. So, what do you guys want to talk about? You know, and uh, but it did that didn't happen. It was fine, but 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 just that, you know. That it's so funny to hear you say that. It really is a thing where if you don't do it, like if you just get off the horse for a minute, yes. you got to like run really fast to catch the horse. He's not going to stop. I equate it to. I, I'm
0: not a good skier, but I skied a handful of times. And when the instructor said, "You're not going, you're not going that way. You're not going down the hill to the bottom. You're going over there. <laughs> you know, you go back and forth." Yeah. And it's like, you can go over there, can't you? Yeah. And I'm like, well, yeah, I can do that. And he goes, that's all you're doing. You're going over there, and then you're going to turn, and then you're going to go over there.
1: Until you fall <laughs> and turn into an avalanche. That's right. Until, until a cartoon snowball <laughs> that takes you all the way to that's that's right. just hands and skis <laughs> sticking out. That's right. You know, that's all you're doing. Uh, and then from then on, that was the last time you took that much time off. Yes, when my daughter was born, I I took maybe
0: a month or two months off, but I had gone through that experience, so I wasn't as frightened when I went back. Right. Um Yeah, you know, I think it's just from getting on there every night, you you know, you just you don't you don't have time to to see the why you should be afraid.
1: I want to ask you about cuz now now it's been 19 years for me and I feel like I only just figured out that I don't have to be so precious about jokes, where you're saying, like, i got to write a joke, i got to make this funny, i got to be a joke, that just sort of going up on stage and and just being, as opposed to trying to do something, do you feel like when you're writing, like, I have to write a joke, or do you just feel like, oh, the way that I express this is just naturally, I know what the rhythm is because I've been doing it for so long?
0: Wow. Uh, I'm, I, I still feel like I want to have... A bit that has some type of beginning, middle, and an end to it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I might wing it a bit when I'm on stage. I mean, I tape every show, but I do just—I uh, I, want to have some idea of where, where I'm going. I, I think it would be too strange for me to not have at least some idea of where this bit is going to go.
1: Right. Do you listen to all the sets that you tape? No. Yeah, I me mean, neither. <laughs> I used to hundreds of them. I, I when
0: years ago I, I I was like so I don't know I I, I thought that I if if this was out what I was going to do for a living that I had to work at it but I I got to the point where I hate I hated my act <laughs> I hated it you know what I mean like I gotta listen I gotta say it for an hour and then I gotta listen to it for an hour oh this guy hey, what it, the fuck is this bro you know, by the next night I'm like my god. Um. So I. Uh, so now I just if I if I know I do something new or something different, I'll go find those places.
1: Right. Right. You know, right. Right.
0: Then, what did I say? Different at on that show.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it really is. I'm terrified that if I listen to it back, I'm going to go. I hate that guy, and he should definitely not be doing comedy. <laughs> yeah, right. Why would anyone? Yeah. Why would anyone care about that? Uh, but but I feel like there's also. It is really good though to hear yourself from a third person perspective, because you don't always sound the same as you sound in your head when you're when you're saying stuff. True, I, I, I'm always
0: more interested in the the words and and the you know all that. But you know, I, I do physical stuff in my act, but I, I never think about it. The only time I ever see what it looks like is if I do a TV thing, right? You know, if I do Fallon or something like that, then I'll I'll see it. But like if I Sometimes people ask me if I, um, if I work on my faces. <laughs> and it just seems so silly to me. Like, like I'm in a mirror. Like they think I'm at home in a mirror, like practicing goofy
1: faces. Don't bother daddy now. He's working on his faces. I'm working on my faces. <laughs> Leave me alone, kids. <laughs> That's kind of a. You know, this is
0: the most important six hours of my day. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know feed yourself <laughs> feed yourselves kids that's how you learn mm-hmm. that's really i think that's i think that's a bit as people asking you about the faces and then just you acting out like what your faces would like what faces <laughs> oh and then there's this guy, there's this guy. <laughs> like even the prospect of that like i'm not a fucking clown
0: well that's what it just seems silly to me but because physicality is part of the show i guess it makes sense for somebody who doesn't know about comedy to to not know and ask that question you know <laughs> there's a
1: special mirror that you <laughs> that you have to keep take on tour with you because you can really only work yeah. on your faces in that mirror i think of a
0: funhouse mirror <clears throat>
1: <laughs> how do you answer when people ask me what i do like if you know like an uber driver or whatever like hey what do you do I never want to say comedian because it's always followed up with oh, tell me a joke." Yes, and then like, what do you when people go, "Hey, tell me a joke?" Do you go, "Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't tell." I mean, it's not that kind of. How do you answer? That? I,
0: I I avoid the topic, like like it's the bubonic plague. Mm-hmm. I, I I never offer up that I'm a comedian mm-hmm. unless I'm asked. I mean, I'd like to be an honest person. Sure. I never offered that up <laughs> ever. Um, And I've had friends who, like, when I first got started, you know, they would be proud of me. And, like, if we're at a party, like, throw that in. And I had to, you know, one by one take them (laughs) aside and go, can you please not include that in my intro? (laughs) Like, like if no one else, you know, they would say, like, uh, Becky, this is Joe. Joe, this is Fred. Fred, this is Sally. And this is Brian. He's a comedian. Right. Well, why am I the only one that has an occupation attached? You didn't say everybody else's occupation. That's a
1: banker. Show me a spreadsheet. <laughs> Can you tell me about interest rates? <laughs> right.
0: Yeah. So, like, if I'm on a uh, a flight or something like that, I, I, I'm I, well, I would imagine other comedians do the same thing. I've got I've got the headset on. Oh yeah. Um, the whole nine
1: yards. A very obvious cone of do not talk. To <laughs> I me. don't want. To do <laughs> hey, I have a problem
0: because. Because If I wasn't a comedian, I think I would be more open to just having a a chat with somebody. Yeah. But when you're a comedian, it takes on a different uh, tone.
1: Yeah, and just for people who don't understand and just think, well, that's – you're a dick. You're supposed to – stand-up comedy is not the same as party jokes. And when people say, make me laugh or say something funny, I think in their mind they're expecting, like, oh, you'll be the funniest guy at the party. And I feel like a lot of stand-ups are often not the funniest – like, party funny people are different than, like, stage performer people. Yes.
0: I I think – I agree. I think that um, stand-up comedians are usually the person that is watching the goofy, funny party (laughs) guy – And elbowing his friend and making a joke
1: (laughs) about that guy.
0: That's who the comedian is. Being judged. The other guy isn't a good comedian. The other guy just has a lampshade on his head. (laughs) The comedian is the guy elbowing the guy. Check
1: out the guy with a lampshade on his head. (laughs) I should write that down. It's yeah. pretty good. <laughs> should I bring a lampshade on that? Yeah, right. Put it next to my face mirror? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then the comedian, of course, will go home and judge himself and be very angry and uh, yes. alone and, <laughs> uh, and upset. I mean, do, do, you, um, do, do you devote time to writing? Like a, like scheduled time? Like from 10 to 3, I'm going to write. Or do you, just, is it, do you just write stuff down as you think of it? As I think I just go through my day And whatever pops into my head um,
0: You know We all have the iPhones now So I can just um, You know Put it in the note app Yeah Um, Before that I I would try to have A scrap piece of paper (laughs) A little pen Or a pencil Yeah And uh, I remember Walking around one time And sometimes your brain is going And sometimes it's not And I remember Just walking around And seeing all kinds of stuff And uh, it was in Baltimore And I just kept stopping And (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> writing things down but i was walking back and forth and i was thinking whoever owns this business here thinks like i'm casing the place oh 100 you know,
1: like, like i'm stopping
0: and writing you know that there's no security guard by the front door you know <laughs> um so then i'll just i'll take these ideas and just try them out on stage
1: i have an, i just like to see who's in the seinfeld berbiglia school of you gotta write like it's a job. You gotta write eight hours a day. So, somebody, uh,
0: I I forget who, I heard somebody say that you should do that as an exercise. Just sit down in front of a blank piece of paper, so, and, and just write for an hour, and whatever comes out comes out. I didn't use a piece of paper, but I, I got on the computer, and I just sat there, and it was it was torture. <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't enjoy the experience at all, and I don't think I got anything out of it. Just a bunch of nonsense came out. Yeah, you know, it just. And I'm sure it works for people. For sure. for people to say that that works for them, I'm sure it does. But it doesn't work for me.
1: Yeah, but I also think uh, just going back to your scrap of paper thing and casing that. It, if you were to lose your note, like leave your hotel in a your notebook in a hotel or something, and someone would pick it up and go, oh, what's this? And they'd start leaping <laughs> through it, they would be like, well, this person is clearly a serial killer, <laughs> because right. the way that I think a comedy notebook is just it's just such random thoughts and ideas that aren't connected to anything. Right. So, you, if they didn't know have the context of this person's community, they would think you're a fucking <laughs> lunatic.
0: <laughs> There's no well, way. well, one time I uh, when my first CD came out i had to come up with track titles which is harder than coming up with the comedy like, like like i don't know what to call these things they're just two word things and like we'll make them clever you know like i don't know how to do this so i was on a flight and i had to come cuz it was a deadline and i had to come up with these track titles and um this was before cell phones i i landed And I had to go to a pay phone to call the guy who was going to put him on the thing. And there were people next to me (laughs) that I just can only imagine what they were wondering when I'm on a phone going, "Um, stupid in school, (laughs) donut lady, monster trucks. Going, what, is this guy betting on horses. What, what, is this? To... a drug deal? What, what's this guy doing? So you're
1: going to need to get off this flight. Yeah, this is clearly you're clearly a terrorist. There's huh. clearly something going on. I mean, it. Uh, you know, your your comedy is so um, inclusive and friendly and fun. I guess you probably don't. It's a it's a very serious time in the world, uh, and it's it's a strange time for comedy because it just. There's so many things where it's like, ah, I don't know, don't talk about that, or you can't, or someone's going to be upset. Or but your comedy hasn't really, has never really been, uh, I don't think anyone would go, Brian Regan's it's a super offensive comedian. But have you ever been in a, in a situation where there's just like a goofy joke and someone's like, hey, come on, you can't. I, but I feel like your comedy isn't really about anything like that. I, I think when, when I first started, I, I had a joke
0: I guess you know sometimes you like you you you're naive about things like you don't realize that words do have power and and saying things do mean things to people. I had a joke and I I don't even remember what the punchline was, but I I, I mentioned an epileptic in the punchline, you know, like somebody like yeah. was epileptic about somebody flailing around or something like that, and yeah. not even realizing. There are people who have epilepsy, right? Know? Right? Right? To me, it was just the, a word. The, it was just it a, was a, a, word. a goofy thing. And um, somebody came up to me after a show and said, "I really enjoyed your show, and I just want you to know that I am epileptic." And I wasn't too keen <laughs> on that one joke, right? And um, I, it meant something to me, you know. I was like, I, I took the joke out. Yeah, I, I'm not interested in hurting people's feelings or anything like that. But but at the same time, people want to say things, you know, like I've been doing, I've, I've been including in my act things that would be surprising to people. I have jokes about guns, gun control, um, Kim Jong-un, uh, things like that, that, you know, I think people might go, this is a little, this is a little off the beaten path for, right. for Brian, but I, you know, I, I don't like to paint myself in a corner and just be a one trick pony. I want to talk about what I want to talk about.
1: And also, <clears throat> you know, you, you, when you – it's kind of interesting that I, I think with, when you're you you know you're on that, the tour cycle, because every time you go to a town again, you got to have new stuff. Right. And if people see the same – it's like – it's so weird. People want – they want to see something that's in the realm of something that they expect and feel comfortable with. But then if they get too much of that, they're like, well, I didn't see anything new. But if it's too much new types of stuff, they'll go – well, this isn't like the old, like, well, how do you right. satisfy, you know, both, both of those desires you, that people you, have? You just, you, you can't,
0: you, you just have to do what you want to do. You know what I mean? I, I, years ago I was out on the road and I used to have this joke about dogs barking late at night and wouldn't it be weird if, if people did that, you know, if, if a guy went out on his porch and just went, Hey, 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 <laughs> Hey, like, like, <laughs> what's the point? So that was the bit. And, um, so I do a show. I was in Jacksonville I, I thought I had a pretty good set. <laughs> I walk off stage. There's a woman at a big table, and she grabs my arm oh, no. and says, You didn't do the dog! I brought everyone to see it, and you didn't do it! Thanks a lot! And just, and just threw my arm off like it was a rag. And I was like, Wow. <laughs> I just made people laugh for an hour, <laughs> and this woman is mad at me
1: because you didn't do the because I didn't you... do the dog. I paid a lot of money to hear the dog. <laughs> you didn't do the dog. Do you want me to do it now? It's too late. <laughs> you didn't do it before when it counted. <laughs> right. well, I could do it now. So, uh, but that's a very specific case. Like that's that's not the no. I mean, that's, but the-
0: usually. Usually people like to hear new stuff.
1: They do. I, but people also like to hear older
0: stuff, but but I, I can't you know, I'm I'm more interested in the newer stuff.
1: Yeah, I mean because uh jokes are magic tricks. And once people see the trick, they're just like, okay, well I've already gotten that that rush of right. of seeing the trick for the first time. It's difficult to to do it again. But I would imagine like you know, people like you or Gaff again. I'm sometimes be like, oh, if J- if Jim did the Hot Pockets bit at some point, what a fun! Right. You know, like I-, I think they do, but it's just not the same as music. You can't hear the same joke over and over and over again.
0: I, I, yeah, I mean, people do request bits that they've heard before, and I will do those like at the end of the show, a couple of them, um, and and I, I joke about that, saying, you know, comedy's supposed to have a surprise, <laughs> but y'all don't seem to care about that, um, and. But so you're going through the motions, but they do laugh. It's weird to me because you're right. Comedy is supposed to have, you're not supposed to know where it's going. And if you know where it's going, I don't know why that would be entertaining. But I guess maybe they just like to watch the person do it. I don't,
1: or just hear it, or experience it, or something. But but then what would happen is you go, you go. Okay, I'll do the dog bit. So you know, dogs bark. And what if someone came out on their porch and then people in the would go, Hey, 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 <laughs> like they would do the punchline before. Right. But then I feel like that's more of a. Rocky horror comedy experience where people yeah, throwing like... Throwing toast. Yeah, exactly. Where they're throwing they're throwing yes, toast, yes. you know, or, or getting involved in that when,
0: way. When I first started, I was at a comedy club in Fort Lauderdale, and I used to do a uh, a fake impression. I would say, you all like impressions? And they would go, uh, yeah. And i go, all right, hang on. And I would turn around and pretend I was doing something with my hair, and I would come back and go, you got anything to eat, man? You got anything to eat because I'm starving? And then they would stare at me, and I would say, "That's uh, that's Randy Johnson... He lives across the street from me so that was the bit and um, but I was at the same club I was at the same club for uh, like a couple years and um, so locals started to know the bit so I would go you got anything to eat man because I'm starving and people would yell out "Uh, Randy Johnson (laughs) so I had to pretend like I didn't know what they were doing I would like huh no and I would go that's Ed Brown he lives across the street from me and I would salvage a (laughs) laugh well, after about two years, I I did the bit one night. I go, uh, you got anything to eat, man? Because I'm starving. A the guy goes, Randy Johnson. And I went, no. And another guy went, Ed
1: Brown.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, like, it's eh. Sandy Johnson,
1: Ed's wife. eds Ed. They're very well matched, and they're always hungry. <laughs> so fuck you. Yeah. Woo. As the mic, you push the mic down on stage.
0: No. On. All right. That night, I went home and said, "Are there other comedy clubs in this country that I can go
1: perform at?" Or you just have to get new neighbors. I'm sorry. <laughs> Could you please move because I should, need a new. I guy. should go on
0: on stage with a phone book and go no, and then just go to some new Ralph Edwards, Nancy Padilla. And people go, the guy can't, the guy can't ad lib a name. No, nope. he
1: needs a phone book. Yeah, a whole phone book. Sorry, guys, <laughs> that's how bad he is at this craft. Listen, you want to try to get a jump on me? I have a hundred thousand. I
0: got every name you can think of in here. You ain't gonna heckle them all.
1: So tonight, I'm gonna read every name. Of every neighbor who could live across the street from me, they all—they they all live in my neighborhood. <laughs> Al Albertson, <laughs> and then you're just just like uh, Andy Kaufman. By the end, you're just hoarse when you get to the Z's. <laughs> Zed Zalmanson.
0: I I thought people talk about Andy Kaufman. I could swear I saw a, an evening at the Improv or something. And no one no other comedian has ever said that they saw this episode. So I don't know if I dreamed this. Do you know of an episode where he went on stage with a literally a boil on his neck? He had a boil on his neck, like an actual like a, a thing back there. And he, he said for his set he was gonna let people come up and touch his boil.
1: I think that was when he had cancer, actually. So in the movie The Man Man on the Moon, right. where Jim Carrey plays yes. Andy Kaufman. There, one, once he had been diagnosed with cancer, he had like a a growth on his neck, and he would let in the movie he let people touch it. Now I don't I don't remember ever having seen that in life. I saw him do it on TV. I'm almost positive,
0: and I just thought it was the most bizarre theater you know theater Can you look of that life up? thing. Okay. Yeah, but and, and he had people come on stage, and they had to wash their hands. They had like a bowl of water, and they would clean their hands, <laughs> and then they would. Touch just touch that, and then clean their hands again, and
1: then walk off the other side of the stage. So then the next person that came up is was just washing their hands in oil <laughs> water. I guess he didn't think it that part. <laughs> True, but, of that but uh, yeah, uh, but they definitely in the movie it was within the context of that he was dying already, and that it was like just this the, this weird way that he was kind of trolling the audience with his illness. But I don't know if that is. So the fact that that was something in the movie and the fact that you think you saw that on television leads me to believe that you probably did see that. I'm
0: almost positive I saw it somewhere, but I never... I don't
1: know what this website is, but there's the story there. Okay. what this website
0: is. So it's a story about it.
1: Andy Kaufman's Boyle. It says, uh, Mary Lou Henner at the Los Angeles premiere of Spanglish when asked about a story of working with Andy Kaufman... Oh my gosh, I'll tell you one that was in the movie. One time Andy came in with the most humongous boil you've ever seen. It was three inches in diameter. At least it was disgusting. He said, watch this. He made an announcement to the audience. He said that for a dollar they could come up and touch Andy's boil. 108 people lined up and did it. That's how crazy it was, but crazy fun. Now Mary Lou Henner has photographic memory, so we know that the number was probably 108 <laughs> people. We know that for real. But in the movie, I was, I'm almost positive it was he had been diagnosed with cancer and he was letting people... Touch, touch whatever it. sort of growth. But that is a completely separate – that doesn't sound related to cancer at all. It just sounds like he had like a big zit on his yes. neck. Yeah. I and
0: think this was – I I could be wrong. I thought it was before the – he was diagnosed with cancer, maybe. but I don't know.
1: Yeah, maybe. So I I think you did – and I feel like somewhere out there in the audience, someone's going to – I'm, I'm going to get like 100 people are going to send me links. It's always funny when someone – you really see their Twitter habits where – you say something or you say something wrong or you ask a question and then hundreds of people answer. And then a week will go by and someone will go, hey, I don't know if anyone ever. And you're like, well, it's been a week. Right. And then they correct you or they, you know, you can probably I, safely I, assume that someone has by now.
0: I was in uh, Corbin, Kentucky, where they say that's the home of Kentucky Fried Chicken. All right. Okay. Yep. So we went after the show to the original location, but it wasn't called Kentucky Fried Chicken. It was called, like, Colonel Sanders Country Kitchen or something. Got it. So I tweet out, hey, here's me at the first KFC ever. hmm And boy, did I get corrected. <laughs> <laughs> the first KFC was in Salt Lake City, you know, exclamation points. You so, fucking so, idiot.
1: So, Why are you so mad? So
0: I guess he he created Kentucky fried chicken in Corbin, Kentucky, but the first KFC was actually in Salt Lake City. So you are right. If you say something incorrect in the Twitter sphere,
1: whoever has the correct info will let you know. <laughs> not only will they let you know, but it's within the, it's under the banner of like you fucking moron. <laughs> like it's not even a Hey, I just thought. I mean, you know, some people are very polite, but other people are just—they just—they just, uh, they just, they just want to unload. Well, the, the guy who who corrected me was was polite about it. Oh, but good, that's but was nice. Just, that's um, good. Yes. Okay.
0: So why don't we why don't we let people correct us? Yeah. Um, I don't know about you, but my I. I love the first president of the United States, Franklin Pierce. Franklin Pierce was, he was the, arguably the best president. The best and the first. He yeah. was the, the first president of the United States. He had a wooden nose. He had a
1: wooden nose. And he rode a, he rode a, 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 a dachshund. A mule. A mule dachshund. a mule dachshund. A mule dachshund. It was a hybrid mule dachshund. And I don't think this, this information is not disputable at all. It's not disputable. Yeah. Everyone knows everyone knows that's what we're taught in schools, and that's what we hundred percent know for a fact. I, the fun thing about that is that people I feel like people have a sense of humor, but the internet does not have a sense of humor as that's a whole. Funny. so no matter how how obvious you know, like if I went on Twitter and said, uh, "Boy, I sure love the first president Franklin Pierce." A group, a bunch of people would angrily correct me, like, "What the fuck is you know? Like, isn't it obvious that I'm not like, right. with all the context that you have about you? Wh- why would you think I wouldn't know that? Well,
0: you know, with a sarcat, like, sarcasm doesn't come through, no. on, on in words or, or like in print, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but with all the emoticons, isn't there like a thing? Like, you should be able to underline the sarcastic words and have them be like." A weird font.
1: I think it should be. Or, th- where, or if you read that, you go, "Oh, this, this is, sarcasm. is a joke," or it's an or it's an emoji that's basically just David Spade's face <laughs> from like SNL in the nineties, like, <laughs>
0: mm.
1: and it's like you know, okay, well, yeah, this, okay, so <laughs> he's, he's don't take this <laughs> literally. <clears throat> yeah, please don't take. That's what, the internet's great at taking things literally. Have you ever been on? Have you ever like just walked off stage? For any reason, like mid-set, like the, the, just the crowd seemed violent, or just like you, something didn't go well. Did you? Have you ever had a moment where you're just like, "Thanks, good night." For just- uh, sound reasons, oh. I was
0: performing in a theater in San Diego, and the sound was, you know, I, I was getting heckled from the back. We can't hear you. <laughs> Which. <laughs> So, you know, I, it's like a bizarre, like, I'm like, well, how about now? And no, can you hear me now? You know, and it just felt so strange. And uh, so I thought it was pointless to be trying to do comedy to people that can't hear it. <laughs> right. So I said, let me, let me leave the stage and let's let the sound people see if they can get this fixed up. And did they? They did. Um, my tour manager at the time, uh, Andy, very good guy, Andy Levitt. Um, he went out I, I, he says we're off stage he goes okay it's fixed and I said well it was cutting in and out Oh, and he goes
1: great well, for your jokes by the way
0: I said just go out there and, and test it so he went out and said uh, ABC and then he just left the stage I, went, <laughs> I said you gotta do more letters than that because it's cutting out like a, he, so he goes he, I said go out there and do more of the alphabet <laughs> I swear I swear. This is in front of like a thousand people. So he goes back out and goes A, B, C, D, and he, he messed up the alphabet. Yeah. <laughs> he forgot the alphabet like halfway through <coughs> and everybody started laughing. <laughs>
1: then he became your opener.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now, now he's my opener. Now he Andy just
1: Andy Levitt reads the alphabet. He, Andy Levitt does the alphabet. Reads the alphabet. He's gotta read the <laughs> alphabet. He's gotta read it.
0: So uh so that was the only time I left the stage.
1: <laughs> but then and it, it ended, ended up being working out. That's fine. Those are kind of fun moments, though, because it... <clears throat> I feel like when things go wrong in the body of a show, it creates a real sense with that immediate group of a community. It's like, oh, we're all experiencing some weird thing together, and that's fun. That makes this special, and that makes it unique, and we all got to be a part of it. So those... That, does that stuff piss you off when that happens? Or does it be like, oh, okay, well, we'll just sort of roll with it and figure it out? I... I
0: where I perform now, like you know, it, it's usually pretty decent atmospheres, but you know, when I was doing comedy clubs and bars and stuff like that, you'd have weird things happen, and um I, I'm not that good at being an m c of a brawl. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, not that there were a lot of brawls in my shows, sure. but you know it, it's like I, 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 some some people are better at that than others, you know, um, like if somebody's being kicked out, I, I don't like to be the kind of guy that's MCing that right. You know, I would rather that just be done discreetly. Um, I've seen people just leave the stage while somebody gets kicked out or whatever.
1: But yeah. I don't know. I've had people... Um, uh, I had a guy in Madison, Wisconsin at Comedy on State once. He was sitting in the front row, and I like to talk a lot to the crowd. It was just like... It just makes it fun for me. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I, I go, hey, what's going on? And I put the mic under his mouth and he just, his eyes got really wide and he just shook his head and his jaw clenched and I was like, are you okay? And he was like don't! Like he was just instantly <laughs> mad. And I go uh, I, I said to his friends like, okay, is, is he okay? He's not okay And he stood up and just starting, he said, get that fucking thing out of my it was something like uh, that. Yeah. And the crowd was like whoa! And uh, I was like, alright let's, you know. And he stood up and just angrily stormed <coughs> out wow. and uh Everyone started booing. I was like, yeah, let him have his moment. You know, like he's, you're not, no one's required to talk to me. It's totally fine. Uh, If I had been any less experienced of a comic, it would have been like a disaster of a show. But then afterwards, he came up and he was like, (laughs) and I thought, oh, he's going to hit me. I don't know what I said. I don't know what button I pushed. And he was just like, I'm really sorry, man. I just have a tremendous social anxiety. And I was like. Front row, maybe not the best place to sit for that. But, right. uh, wow. you know, but he was really sweet about it. And it actually ended up being. And I was like, no, no, you don't have to talk to me. It's totally fine, you know.
0: He has a weird way of dealing with it by I... <laughs> saying, get that fucking thing out of my face. By drawing the most attention. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> <to> There's <laughs> a better way to, you know, to not be
1: noticed. <laughs> Poor <laughs> guy. I felt awful because I, you know, I understand anxiety, and and so I just I felt bad. But there was no. He was so anxious in the moment that he wasn't able to convey that. So it was just an immediate guard dog response. Get that fucking. You know. <laughs> I'm like, why is <clears throat> why is he so angry off the bat?
0: Well, I have um, I have social anxiety. Um, I, probably a lot of comedians have might have it, or some do. You know, and that. We get on stage. It's a different thing. You know what I mean? It's different than being in a small group of people. But I remember being terrified when I was a kid. I went to a Catholic school, and the Monsignor came into our class, and one by one gave the report cards out. Oh, no. Um, and he would, like, take the report card, and he would bring the, that kid up and say a little bit about their grades.
1: Oh, no. That's awful.
0: Yeah, in front of the whole class. <laughs> And he was going alphabetically, I'm Regan, so I'm like towards the end, so I get to watch half the people go up there, and I just remember sitting in my chair, petrified, that I had to go in front of the class, I didn't even have to say anything, I had to just be in front of the class while the senior gave me my report card. So it's weird that that kind of petrification would lead to somebody actually being on stage, you know,
1: and telling jokes. But you know what's not weird about it is that in that situation, you were not in control. So being in a situation where you are 100% in control when you go on that's, stage... That's
0: true. That's that, true.
1: There could be a little bit of a rebellion there. I mean, like, if you were at a show... Like, if, you, if, you're, if, you're, if you're, like, at a benefit show or you're at another type of show and you're sitting in the audience... Do you almost shit your pants if someone, unbeknownst to you, just all of a sudden goes, "Hey, we got Brian Regan here in the audience. Brian, you want to come up and uh, like?" Would that freak you out, or would you be able to just hop up and no? Go that into comedy that, well? that would
0: freak me out. I I do like the the hundred percent control thing. Yeah. Um, I I've I was I went to Terry Fader's show, uh huh, out in uh, Las Vegas, and he was nice enough to you know hey we have Brian Regan here and I stood up you know he said stand up so I stood up and he was talking and I heckled something to try to be funny while he was talking (laughs) nobody heard me and it was just (laughs) and I sat down and I felt so stupid you know I'm like here he is trying to say a nice thing about me and I'm hey, blah, 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 something that made no sense. I don't even know what it meant. Why are
1: you going to hide behind those puppets? <laughs> oh, God. Why would you?
0: <laughs> it wasn't mean towards him, but I was just trying to be funny in the moment and I sat down like, man, I'm not good at this. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not good at talking to people.
1: Well, you know, I've never mastered the art of, there are some comics who can be flawlessly funny from the back of the room. And I've never been a, like, I have a very low success rate for calling out jokes from a group. Yeah. And I, so I just don't do it. I just try to be very quiet and respectful.
0: I I think the in control thing is, is, you nailed it. It's when you're on stage by yourself with a microphone, you're in charge of what you say and when you say it. That's why a social situation is not that. A social situation somebody's gonna ask you something
1: <laughs> you don't know like
0: what time is it <laughs> you the know fucking watch away from me <laughs> <laughs> where are you from <laughs> you know I, I don't know where i'm from i don't have a map on me
1: <laughs>
0: you know i can't handle those well, moments well you do it's on your phone yeah i'm just not i don't have it what, was there traffic on the way to the party?
1: i don't
0: know that i don't know that <laughs> I don't know the traffic and
1: the time. You know or where I'm happen. from. I don't know all those things. It's a fucking test? Is that what this is? <laughs> I knew it was going to be a test. I thought this was a party. Uh, all right. Well, uh, nice to meet you. Nice, nice to meet you. Thanks for coming to our daughter's wedding. <laughs> So uh it's was magnified really to a
0: degree, impressive. but that's what it feels like when I go to a party.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it is. And I, I always tell people like, yeah, one on one, it just it's very awkward. You you just don't I mean, I went to a, a movie screening last night and it just I don't know how to be at a I don't know how to be at parties. I don't know what I'm supposed to do when I talk to people. And I you know, I've done thousands of these types of chats. But in a situation like that, I don't know how to talk to people. I don't know what to say. My mind just goes blank. I just get nervous, and I'm like, I don't, uh, I don't know. I
0: I don't know when there's a group of a party, right? And there's a lot of people around. You know them all, or even if you don't know them, you know you want to mingle. I don't know the 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 smooth way to extract myself (laughs) from the people I'm talking to, you know. And I wish there was like a bell. I wish every 10 minutes a bell would ring and everyone has to disperse <laughs> and hook up with other people. Then it, then you wouldn't have to come up with these smooth little ways of extracting yourselves. You know, and bing! Oh, we gotta go,
1: you know? So. Pardon me, I have diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> just slowly. <going. laughs> but very suavely. Or someone just goes, or you just at a certain point just go, time! <laughs> and then you just walk away. <laughs> That's the way to do it. I was
0: at a party uh, years ago and I my sister my sister overheard me get away from this guy who just would not stop talking to me. And then she told me later what I said but I didn't realize I had said. <laughs> she she said, you just stopped that guy and said, I'm gonna go check out the beer situation <laughs> went into the kitchen and looked in the fridge I was
1: checking out the beer situation you, so you were like is important. 100%. it was important that I had to get away from that guy but I, you, you but you but you were that was in a lot of integrity you actually did go check on the I did, beer I went situation to check, yeah,
0: there's plenty of beer here for everyone situation beer good.
1: situation is good but what if you when you got back out what if the guy was like how was the beer? that so you're like <laughs>
0: uh.
1: yeah can we pick up where we left off now that you've checked out the beer situation <laughs> I wonder if Catholic school, because I went to Catholic school too, I wonder if that's where a lot of us comedians got damaged, you know, just the the whole, uh, you know, I mean, I, I actually, I had a fine time at Catholic school, I don't, I'm not, I'm not trying to disparage it, but just that sort of, that culture of guilt and like... Don't, don't, you're not better than, you know, like that, <laughs> oh, something good happened, you better feel bad about that, you know. And if you're not, then you're going to, you know, it's a lot of that. I
0: had a, a nun, I went to Catholic school, like I said, I had a nun uh, yell at me, like her face was like beat red because I was, she found out I, that I ran to the playground. Whoa. <laughs> I mean, there's okay. some horrendous things humans can do. And she's like, Who do you think you are? Running to the playground! In my
1: mind, I'm trying to process this. I, mean, yeah, I was running to the playground. I'm I a child. To play. I wanted to play in the playground. There's a time limit to this stuff? I needed <laughs> <And> to
0: realize... <laughs> I had to walk until the playground started. <laughs> I didn't know there was a line in the sand, like, walk, <laughs> and then when you're in the playground, that's when you play.
1: But uh, but the the, 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 the who-do-you-think-you-are paradigm is interesting in this situation, because you, I'm sure you didn't go, I'm very special, I'm going to run it to, the, to this playground. It was... Um... Did, was she? Was this within the realm of expected behavior from this particular nun, or was this? Just we, I had you
0: know, I had eight, eight years of uh, grade school, then four years of Catholic high school. The Catholic high school was brothers that would teach, but it was nuns in the grade school. And um, I one time went. We had relatives down, so we went to the beach. I got a really bad sunburn, and the next day when I was going to school the fact that i would have to ask my mom to ask my mom to write a note asking my teacher not to hit me oh no because of the because sunburn. i have a sunburn yes i mean the note should be please don't hit my son period ever <laughs> not please don't hit my son because he has a sunburn
1: just for today <laughs> don't hit him today <laughs> Don't hit my son today. Has- when you see the peeling, it's all right to hit him. But just give it a couple. Give days. it a couple days, and then start hitting him again. <laughs> Jesus. So
0: that day, I'm at. That day, I went and I gave her the the note in the morning, and then she called me up to the board to solve some kind of math thing, which I didn't know the answer to. So of course, she beat me. What? Well, I didn't know the answer.
1: Oh no! I didn't
0: know the. You know, if you don't know the answer, you should be whacked. So she's slapping me on the... Not hit punching, but slapping me on my back. Like, you should know this. And then she realized uh, the note. And mm-hmm. she's like, oh, my
1: God! Don't tell your mother! <laughs> <laughs> Who did I think I was? <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, I, so she and I have to be like a team, like... Keep inf- info from my mom, you know.
1: And by the way, you have to be a team with someone who was striking yes, you. Yes, yes. Now
0: we're together as a unit keeping this from my mother.
1: Yeah, that is a really fucked up place to be as a kid because you don't know. It's, it's sort of being in that weird p- place of, you know, when you're a kid, you're constantly trying to figure out, like, wh- what the balance of power is because you're always trying to figure out where you land and what you can get away with and what's okay and what's uh, acceptable. But when, you're, but when you're in between a school official, and particularly a religious school official, like a nun and a parent, you sort of go like, oh, who has seniority over whom? <laughs> right. Who could I go to? And it would be okay because they would, ju- they would have the last word. Yes. I, I
0: would, one little bit of power that I was able to do is I would ask questions and I would always mix up the words... Um, number and letter and paragraph just because <laughs> that was the only power that i had was to say it wrong but all the other kids knew that i was doing this so yeah. like i would get giggles and laughs from them but the teacher never caught on and i was and should you guess brian i was well i was i was looking in the history book at um letter three um <laughs> number number c <laughs> the first little jokes I had was inverting the word, letter, and number, and then everyone would laugh, and, and I would sit down, and I felt powerful, like I got one over. I
1: got one over. Those are the seeds of stand-up comedy right I there. got one over on the nun, and she's not hitting me. <laughs> <laughs> so the trick is, to, they're really funny, before your shows now, Brian is a sunburn today. If you don't like any of the jokes, please don't hit <laughs> Please it, don't too. hit them. <laughs> Please we, don't come up and hit him. Please don't hit him today. <laughs> he He's a very bad son. But if you do hit him, he's going to figure out how to keep it from his mom. It's not going to. It's not pleasant.
0: I, w- I wish I had that note. That I wish I had saved the note. Please don't hit my son today.
1: Well, it's funny that you said when you said you were you were you were taught by by brothers like the Christian in, brothers in, in high school. They, yes. Like I remember, there was a there was a a high school where I grew up that was taught by. I didn't go to it. And it was notorious for they would just like hit people with rulers and just whack them and knock them around. I mean, it was.
0: I got hit in the arm by a brother um, for not having, <clears throat> not having read what I was supposed to read, and uh, he was just walking up and down the aisle and he goes, uh, "Did you did you did you read the assignment?" I should have said yes. <laughs> now I, know, I, should, I should have just said yes, I did, but I said no, so he. Punched me in the arm. So, I, like, I had never been punched that hard in my life. Like, it was, like, to the bone. Like, I, and I wanted to cry. Right. But I'm in high school and you can't. You know, I'm right. on the football team. Right. So, but I, I remember that punch to this day. So did it help? So read
1: your assignments, kids. <laughs> read your assignments. Oh, people don't get punched anymore. If yes. you take it, if you take a child's phone away, it's you know considered uh, mistreatment. So mm-hmm. no. So the good news is, I don't think people get whacked anymore. But what a fucked up time <laughs> when you could just hit someone's kid. I'm sure it's frustrating to be a teacher. I'm sure it's annoying that kids don't listen, but you can't just hit them.
0: I I, I told you I've, I've got the two kids and um they're both great kids and one time my son I put him in time out mm-hmm. like I've never ever hit them ever but one time I put him in time out he was like 2 and I don't even know what he did but and he was sitting in a chair like and he just gave me this look that was so it crushed me and I was like get get out of that chair come over here. <laughs> You're not in whatever that was, whatever that timeout was. You're not in it anymore, and I'm never going to do that again dude. The punishment zone. Yeah,
1: yeah it just
0: felt <clears throat> awkward.
1: My parents never hit me. They were very cool parents, though I do remember, I think because I was a fucked up, manipulative little kid, I was acting up in a restaurant. I was probably four years old. My mom thought this was hilarious. My dad did not. <clears throat> and I'm, I was acting up. And so my dad's like, well, you know, we're going to go outside. And I don't know what in my head I thought outside meant. Right. But it was just like it, I knew that it was the result of my behavior. So I just felt like whatever it is out there is not good. Right. And so I didn't listen. And so my dad's like, all right, we're going outside. So, he, you know, he has my hand. He's taking me outside. And all the way through the restaurant... Please don't hit me, Daddy! Please don't hit me! And my dad, who was not... Also had... Was not... Did not like... It just... It it made... He liked controlled attention, but not that kind of attention. My mom said he was just a shade of purple that she had never seen because he was so embarrassed. And trying to, like... With his eyes, explained to people like I've I, never. Don't, don't hit him. I'm alive. <laughs> you know, it's a lot to express with your eyes. Oh yeah. Well, and today, like, if I have a kid someday and he does that, and of course, someone's going to get it on video, and I don't right. have to be like, I've never. I know what it looks like. I know what it looks like. I've never ever. Why would I hit this beautiful child? <laughs> <laughs> mm. but it's such. A, it's it was such a fucked up. I mean. You know, looking back, if, I ha- if he had swatted me after doing that, I feel like it, I would have been asking for it after b- pulling that. Right, but he right, still right, didn't. Right. You know, my parents were very, very cool
0: about there that. There was a kid in my class in high school that, or in grade school, that would flinch every time the teacher oh, walked by. No. He was so used, well, he, he was a horrible student, just, you know, a complete mess up. But he just assumed he was going to be hit (laughs) when a teacher walked past him. And we would watch him, like, whenever the teacher was walking up and down the aisle, go, check out Doug. Check out Doug. Oh, no. And then he'd, like, get this little flinch, you know, like, and um, and when the teacher didn't hit him, it was, like, uh, a nice
1: little moment for him. (laughs) Wow. I wasn't hit. Well, that's why you got to walk up and hit him and go, you were ready for it, though. (laughs) You know, you were ready for it. Just got to keep you ready. You never know when it's going to yeah. happen. Yeah, it's, I, I think it's good that we've taken capital punishment out of the school systems. <clears throat> I don't really understand that it, I mean, it, you know, getting punched in the arm, did you read everything going forward or did it, you, did it like, did it actually do anything positive? I, I, yeah, no, I don't
0: think I ever, I don't think it changed my study habits, you know, so, um, no, I don't think it worked.
1: I mean, if I, if I came home and said, mom, a teacher punched me in the arm, my mom is a little Italian lady, she would have probably lit the school on fire. Like, she would have fucking, it would have been a, 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 a thunderstorm through there if anyone had laid a hand on me. Well, I
0: told my mom, she goes, well, you didn't have a sunburn. <laughs> so, so it was
1: fine. Did you ever say to your parents, like, "Hey, I don't know. This just feels like it's not okay. Are you sure you guys are okay with this?"
0: Well, it just just—you don't even think about
1: it. I mean, it was just the way it was. You know? It was just—it was just different in those days. Yeah. When I was your age, we used to put on boxing gloves to go to class. <laughs> we get hit in the face. Yeah, it's kind of rough. But I think you know, uh, you, when you got to, did you go to college?
0: Heidelberg College, Tiffin, Ohio. It is now called Heidelberg University, but it was a college when I went there.
1: And And I prefer college. What was the experience when you you went to college and you realized no one was going to hit you in college?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was strange. Um, Heidelberg is where I first started doing the comedy thing. I took a speech class, and
1: that's when I started thinking about comedy. Did, did you have a professor that say, like, oh, you should do comedy, or did you just arrive? I, I,
0: I played football in high school, and I, I played in college. And uh, I went to college thinking I was going to be an accountant. I went to my—I didn't like accounting at all. I went to my football coach and said, hey, I don't know why I'm here in school. I'm all disillusioned and everything. And he said, you might want to switch majors to the communication theater arts department. He was a very bad football coach. We were like 0-8, <laughs> but he set me on the right yeah, path. had a lot of good insight. So I went and watched, uh, he, he said, uh, Jerry Ross, he's a friend of mine, he, he's in the communication theater arts department. Talk to him. So I went and talked to him, and he goes, yeah, I'm in a play. So, like, the next day I, w- I watched him in a play, a, a campus play called Deadwood Dick. Oh, yeah. And he's on stage, dressed like a cowboy, and I... And he looked like he was having a ball, and I'm I'm in the back of the theater going, he's not a cowboy, <laughs> but he gets to pretend like he's a cowboy. <laughs> it seems like a lot of fun. I want to pretend like I'm a cowboy, so um, so I switched majors and I was in plays and did speech class and all that, and I and I loved that world, and that's what headed me in this direction.
1: Oh well, that's fantastic. Did, what was the first live comedy show you saw? Uh...
0: Tom Parks, comedian, performed at my school, and uh, and I interviewed him because I was already thinking about being a comedian, so he performed at the school, and uh, it was amazing. You know, you go over to this little campus thing, and they've set up a little stage in a corner, and he goes and does that, and I found out from the campus entertainment committee what he was being paid.
1: Oh, yeah, and it's mind-blowing.
0: You know, and, and, and like... If I had $10 in my pocket, you know, I, I knew I could go down and buy a pitcher downtown, a pitcher of beer, you know what I mean? And, and he was getting $800 for the night. Yeah. Like, I, I, I couldn't even comprehend that. Right. And um, I talked to him before the show, and I, I didn't mention the money, but I knew what he was getting. And I said, how many of these do you do a week? And he goes, <gasps> I do like three or four a week. And my, my brain <laughs> exploded. <laughs> I knew I knew I had I wasn't a good accountant, but I was able to go. That's that's pretty decent, you know. So I didn't realize he had been at it a long time to be able to get to that point. But sure. I, I thought if, if I could, um, you know, I, I, I thought doing comedy would be fun, and if you could make a living at it, wow, it would be pretty damn cool.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's he might as well have said to you, "I'm a billionaire." Yes. yes it, it,
0: Anything over $100 was a billionaire to
1: me. Yeah, and, and colleges do pay entertainment acts a lot of money, and but it's the colleges have entertainment budgets set aside for yes. this type of thing. And if they don't use the entertainment budget, then the schools tend to take away whatever they don't use the next year. And so it is, you know, it, it, it is, people do get paid well, but that's part of the, that's part of the deal. That's how they're able to get big acts in there to perform at schools. Right, right. Do you, have you performed at colleges recently?
0: Um, I don't do as many as I used to, but uh, I, I've done colleges, yeah.
1: Yeah. They're really interesting now just because cause of smartphones. You know, it's like everyone, you kind of look out and people's faces are down. You're like, oh, what are you? Just for, like, um, just for a little bit. Just put right. it down just for a little bit. <laughs> I think it'd be fun if, if, if the if performers could really perfect some type of a an electromagnetic device that just freezes phones during a performance.
0: Some guys have those little uh, envelopes. Mm-hmm. They're making people put their phones in these uh, Ziploc things.
1: Yeah, I had to do that last night. It's like a little rubber, it's like a little, you know, nylon bag. Right. And it has a lock on it. So you have your phone with you. you have it with you. But you can't. Can't access it so and, until it, you leave. Right.
0: I, I, I'm not
1: opposed to that. You know? do, people, uh, do you ever have people record your sets and post them online? Do you have to say, like, please don't do that? I had a woman sitting
0: center, first row, right in the middle, holding up an iPad that size, <laughs> arms extended, <laughs> like she's giving it to me as a gift. And I'm like, what are you doing? She's, I'm recording you. And I'm like, well, you know that's not cool, right? <laughs> And she said, no, 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 I like you. <laughs> so I was supposed to accept that as a compliment, you know? Like, yeah. no, I like you. That's why I'm recording you. Yeah. And I had to, you know, say, well, I'd like to think this show is just for us here, you know? And she goes, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize. And then she just put it down. Oh, that's like, nice. Completely oblivious.
1: Totally, totally innocent mistake. I yeah. think a
0: lot of people are just oblivious to the fact that that might not be Well,
1: what because want. everything now is... Fair game, you yeah. know. So people, I think they just assume like, oh, it's like a music show. You go to a music show, and you're like, well, but you can watch songs over and over again. But if you if you put I mean, because I I've, I've had people post stuff, and uh, even though they say at the beginning of the show like, hey, please don't take video, please don't post anything, people still do it. Right. And I go, oh, hey. Um, you know, if you do that, it just sort of makes it harder to do it on television because then people have already seen the... And ever, so far, everyone's been really sweet about, oh, I didn't realize, I just, you know, I, I liked your work, and so I wanted to... Mm-hmm. They really do think that it's, a, that it's a kind thing to do, but it really actually doesn't help. Yeah. I, I, I... Every joke is in a
0: different stage of development. And if they're recording a brand new joke and put it on YouTube, I don't read comments anyway, but... You know, if somebody like watches a joke and go, well, that's not funny. <laughs> Why well, didn't say it was? <laughs> it's like it's like I, I equate it to I put the brownies in the oven, but you took them out before <laughs> before the oven. These brownies are terrible. Yeah, well, they weren't they yeah. weren't ready. I I, I was going to take them out in ten minutes, and you took them out. Well, after they weren't 20 even twenty seconds. Yeah, I know
1: because you. <laughs> You'd it's
0: the same different. with a joke. You put yeah. a joke out there, it's like I'm no I'm working on the joke. It's not done yet.
1: But the way people think, the way that people's brains think now, and I think it's just because there's just so much information to process. So if you workshop if you're workshopping a joke and it goes okay, but you're still playing, and they put it on YouTube and everyone's like, "Fuck this guy, he's not funny." They immediately go, "Well, that guy's not funny forever." Well, would you want to look at any other thing yet? Nope. I saw enough. It's like 15 seconds. I saw the seconds. one
0: unfunny joke. And I've made up my mind. Well, do
1: you think it's possible that maybe there are other No. Sorry, I'm done. I already closed the door. I guess I'll have to just lose out on those people. I'm already I'm already in an easy chair in my brain. I'm not going to get up and open that door again on this guy. I've already shut it. You expect me to get up every time and like oh. form new judgments on things? It's not, it's not possible. Do you think you would uh Ever like, do you ever do drop in sets anywhere? Do you ever go like, do I do Brian Regan do like 15 minutes at the comedy store or whatever?
0: Uh, a little bit here and there. If I'm out on the road, you know, after our show, we'll head over to whatever comedy club is in town. Sometimes I'll pop up on stage and do a few minutes.
1: What's your, what's your like 10 minute set versus your? I'm not good at it. (laughs) I'm glad to hear that.
0: I, I, you know, I get up there and like, I don't know how to start. I don't, you know, um, I went to one comedy club. I, I wear contacts on stage, but I wear glasses, as yeah. I am now, um, when I'm off stage. So I was done with my show. I put my glasses on. And then I go to a comedy club. They asked me if I wanted to do a guest set. I, I never go on stage with my glasses on. And I'm on stage, and I wasn't doing well, and my glasses started fogging up. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought... Eh. I look, I look like a like an amateur up here, you know. Like I'm, I'm fumbling around. I don't know what jokes to tell. My glasses are all steamed up. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, "Is this the guy that they just introduced
1: as having performed over at the the theater down the Yeah, that's the, the thing. They're like, I just performed to three thousand people. Yeah, and and they're like, we, "We don't believe it." No, I was there. <laughs> no, a guy that was there didn't have glasses. <laughs> I know, but I I just put them on. I, I'm not good at it. It,
0: it because it's like, I mean, I. I've done comedy clubs all my career, but lately it's it's different in front of a larger group. And then when you get in front of 40 people, it's a weird thing. And, I, I, you know, my t- I have to calm it down. You know, like I mentioned earlier, I'm very physical, you know, to be doing this goofy, to do the faces I've worked on. <laughs>
1: Guys, please, I've worked on all these faces a really long time. Could you please just, just – please. please. We can't see them through the fog on your glasses. That's one of the phases. Uh,
0: yeah. So it's just it's a different kind of thing. But I, I should do it more than less, so I could get better at it again.
1: Well, well, yeah. I mean, it's a when you when you're used to performing for people who know who you are, which is a great thing to do. It's real easy to forget how to perform sometimes for people who don't give a shit about you when you walk yeah. on stage, and you have to. It's like. You know, when people buy a ticket to see you, they've already won them over because they're buying a ticket. But when they're just going to see comedy, it's like, oh, yeah, there's a minute where I got to, like, win them over so they know that the rest of the jokes are okay. And it's very easy to forget how to do that. And I'm not –
0: you know, like, I have this weird level of success. Most people don't know who I am, even in a comedy club. Like, if they bring me on – I have to beg the MCs, please don't say I'm a special guest <laughs> because I'm going to hit the stage and half the people are going to go, I've never seen this guy before. <laughs> you say special guests are expecting Jay Leno or right. you know something like that. Um, so I ask him to downplay the the intro, and then when I get on stage, I, I get like these looks like we've never seen this guy before, you know, um, which is fine. I don't care ego wise, but it's uh, it's hard comedically sometimes when you have to like. Wow, I gotta win these people over, like you said. This
1: next guy's uh, trying out comedy for the first time tonight. <laughs> okay, well, that's the opposite. Uh...
0: I, Kermit Apio, very funny comedian. Um, I was performing, and he was performing at the comedy club in the city where I was at. So after my show, we went over to where he was performing, and he asked if I would wanna do a guest set. So I said, uh, sure. And he goes, I wanna bring you up myself. So I said, ah, that's very kind of you. So he was headlining. So he went on stage, did a few minutes, and said that he wanted to bring up me. So he brought me up, and the moment I hit the stage, the waitresses started dropping the checks. Oh yeah, best time! Like that, that instant. Mm-hmm. And I, I, said, Kermit, you brought me up to do your check, to eat your checks. <laughs> <laughs> and he started howling from the back, and it was completely fluke. Like he didn't do it on purpose. I'm like, I'm coming up to do Kermit appeals check spot, and then when all the checks are paid, I'm going to get off stage and he can ride it out. Yes,
1: for any non-comedy <laughs> people out there, that's the point where hundreds of people at the same time start digging through their purses and wallets mm-hmm. and are not paying attention to whatever's going on so on stage. the worst time
0: of comedy. <laughs>
1: what, so when what is your... What, but anyway, Kermit did not intend to do that. It was is a great guy. What, uh, uh, when does your Netflix special come out? Uh, I believe
0: Thanksgiving week. Great. What are I I think? I, I, I should know. I should be better at promoing myself. <laughs> Please don't hit me. Um, <laughs> you got um, a sunburn today. All right. I think it's Tuesday of Thanksgiving week. Great. And uh, what is the special called? Uh nunchucks and flamethrowers. It's a punchline from the uh from the
1: special. Just hearing you on the plane on the phone. Nunchucks, <laughs> nunchucks and flamethrowers. Flame yeah called Nunchucks and Flamethrowers. Fantastic. And so you're already, when did you shoot that special?
0: Uh, A couple months ago in uh, Denver at the Paramount Theater. Oh, that's a great theater. Great theater, great crowds in Denver.
1: Fantastic.
0: The Comedy Works, great comedy club in Denver. They've been supporting me even when I no longer perform at the club. So they were involved and uh,
1: really happy with it that comedy works the the Paramount's gorgeous I love the Paramount Theater but I love that comedy works downtown because it really does you know I feel like a comedy club if a comedy club uh, it, it just it just has the right vibe of like Feels like a little bit of a speakeasy, you know. It's like the walls are rock, and you're on that little stage in the corner. It's In the corner,
0: and a theatrical seating. You it's know, like a up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, the audience does. And
1: great neighborhood, like a lot of foot traffic. It's just a great yeah. place for a club. Yeah, they Absolutely. know how to run it. They know how to run it well. It's
0: hard not to, not hard to have a bad set there.
1: Yeah. Um, it, so when you when you taped your special, were you touring the next week? With that material, or did you start over again?
0: Well, I'm, I'm in the process of moving on from it. So by, by the time, time it
1: hard. airs, then you'll be done.
0: With well, it. I don't know about that, but I, I'm doing another Netflix special in 2019. Mm-hmm. So by then, hopefully it'll be
1: turned over. Great. To a new hour. Great, great, great. Well, I always enjoy having you on, and I please come on every time you want to talk about something. Thank you. Um, because... Uh, I love you, Brian. Appreciate it. I'm never going to never going to hit you. Sunburn or not, I'm not going to hit you.
0: Uh, I've really enjoyed the conversation.
1: Thanks for having me. You're a good man. Thank you so much. And uh, I'm going to need you to please come up and solve this problem on the board <laughs> before you leave. No. And don't run. Don't How dare you?
0: How dare you run to the playground? <laughs> she called me a wicked beast. <laughs> I swear, you are a wicked beast! Can I? Wait, wait, let me back up. I was running to the playground. Is that. That's wickedly
1: beastly? <laughs> Let's see. Mussolini <laughs> um. That's how they got
0: started I bet if you see video of Mussolini as a kid I bet you he ran to the playground Benito!
1: Why? Who the do run, you run, think the you are? You don't do run He's a wicked beast <laughs> <laughs> I think Wicked Beast is the name of the next special That should be it, Wicked Beast 2019, alright, thanks Brian Regan Thank Good you. to see you, enjoy your burrito everyone